our listeners have been asking, come on, what's really going on with this offensive coordinator business? Okay, if you insist, let's get into it. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet, and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. On this episode, we open things up to Q&A. You can always tweet the show at Locked on Canes. And if you follow us at Locked on Canes, we will follow you back. And we've gotten some good, timely questions on everything that's happening right now at the University of Miami with the football program. Tommy in Kendall asks me, he says, Dono, give me the real scoop on Miami's coaches. Is Josh Gaddis out the door? Well, I have been told pretty consistently since early December by people that I trust, people who have given me solid information on Miami coaching hires and firings going all the way back to the Mark Richt era. Uh, I've been told pretty consistently that more than likely Josh Gaddis is going to depart. I think the last several days have made it evident that he is looking around for other jobs, whether it be Iowa Penn State, or even, as I was told, a possible opportunity in the NFL. I do certainly think um, his buyout is a big-time obstacle in in actually firing him. Because remember, Miami had to pay a buyout from Michigan. They had to pay a buyout from Michigan to get him in Miami. And now he's got what I would expect is a pretty expensive buyout to get him out of his deal in Miami. So just outright firing him doesn't make a whole lot of economical sense. Uh, I think he's being given the opportunity to find another job. And honestly, I I hate to say it, but if he doesn't find another job, I wouldn't completely rule out the idea that he's back next year. But I don't expect him to be back next year. It's not trending in that direction. Be careful for fake news, though, folks, because, you know, yesterday somebody changed Josh Gaddis's Wikipedia page claiming he was now the wide receiver coach at Penn State. That was somebody just trolling because remember, anybody can change anybody's Wikipedia page. I mean, once people realized it's been trolled, they're going to change it back to what it used to be. But anyone can edit someone's Wikipedia page. So that happened yesterday. I've also seen fake Twitter posts claiming that Miami has offered the offensive coordinator job to Scott Frost. And another Twitter post claiming that Miami has already hired Willie Taggart to be the new OC. Fake and fake. Neither of those were real, okay? Now, I do think a name to watch, and this wouldn't necessarily be for offensive coordinator, but definitely a name to watch because, remember, Miami does have an opening at quarterback's coach. Whether or not OC comes open, quarterback's coach is open. Uh, A name to watch, uh, I think, is James Coley. And that's a name to watch, whether it be quarterback coach wide receiver coach, because he's done that before as well, or possibly even OC if that comes open. Uh, you know, James Coley spent a few years as Miami's offensive coordinator under Al Golden. He's a former OC at Georgia as well. Uh, he's currently at Texas A&M as their tight ends coach. Uh, James Coley is known as an excellent and relentless recruiter. So for those reasons, I think he could fit in well on a Mario Cristobal staff and James Coley from South Florida. He's got South Florida roots. He recruits this area 
especially well, okay? Um, you know, not that you asked for this one, but I'll, I'll give you uh, what I take as a nugget on the defensive side of the football that was given to me by, you know, the same, the same person who gives me good information on coaching. Um, don't be surprised if Kevin Steele, Miami's defensive coordinator, might even step off the field for an analyst role at Miami. If that were to happen, you would likely see Charlie Strong promoted to defensive coordinator, which I think could be a very good move. That's obviously something he's done successfully in the past at other places. And if you were to have Charlie Strong slide up the defensive coordinator, uh, hopefully that could open up a spot on the field for Demarcus Van Dyke. Because I've been saying it for months, promote DVD, hashtag promote DVD. Demarcus Van Dyke deserves a position on the field. Uh, and as a side note on that one, uh, there have been some reports that the primary reason that Cormani McLean hasn't signed with Miami is because he wants Demarcus Van Dyke promoted and that he's not going to sign unless that happens. I personally, and I'm not saying these aren't real, but I've never personally been able to confirm those reports, but I've seen it reported by some pretty good people. So I would be interested to see that if that did happen, if Demarcus Van Dyke were to get promoted to an on-field role, might that be the thing that solidifies Cormani McLean signing with the University of Miami? Because that that, that has been uh, reported now as well. So very good question there from Tommy and Kendall. Uh, Thanos says, Will Mario take forever again to hire an offensive coordinator? Why is everyone always so slow? Why is everything always so slow with him? Uh, after being gatfished, <laughs> I hope he goes with a proven offensive coordinator. Well, okay, as far as the timeline goes, I think you could partially explain the slow timing from what I, I said uh, from Tommy's question that uh, that I, I don't I can't imagine they want to pay Josh Gaddis's buyout that they would much prefer for him to find another job somewhere else. So it's, it's kind of all the, the, the there's just so many dominoes that fall into place before you can make this move. Um, and yeah, listen, Mario could very well take forever on this because Cristobal works on his own timeline. He doesn't listen to the fans. He doesn't listen to the media. He doesn't read Twitter he tends to give outgoing coaches, again, time to land somewhere else. Uh, and also, it wouldn't surprise me if Mario might be waiting for the dust to settle with NFL assistance. Uh, because remember, Alonzo Highsmith, who worked in NFL front offices for 20 years, uh, Alonzo Highsmith knows everyone in the NFL circles, and he can assist Mario in identifying candidates from the NFL. So if they're waiting for a more clear picture on which NFL assistants, you know, might possibly be interested in a job at Miami. You certainly want to dot your I's and cross your T's there. And I believe that Highsmith is the perfect person to help compile a list of candidates there. Willie asks, who is your dream and realistic hire at offensive coordinator if Gaddis leaves? And guys, I promise not all of these questions are about OC. I just, I stack them all all the questions that were about the similar topic, I stack them all in the same spot. We will take some questions that are not Josh Gaddis related, okay? So, okay, for my my dream and realistic hire, if if Gaddis leaves, uh, listen, I, I guess, like, if, if you're just going to let me dream, even though this is not, this one is not realistic whatsoever, I guess my dream would be Ken Dorsey, but we know that's not happening. Uh, Ken, Ken, by the way, he's interviewing for the head coaching vacancy with the Carolina Panthers. 
I hope he gets it. I think that's perfect for him. And he worked in Carolina before, so he's familiar with the front office. He's familiar with that city and that franchise. Uh, I think that'd be a great landing spot for Dorsey. I hope he gets that Carolina head coaching job. Uh, as far as other dreams, like I also, I really love Ruggiero from Wake Forest. Uh, I think that one's probably a lot more realistic than Dorsey. Uh, Dan Mullen has been a dream of mine, but that one's not so realistic. You know, other realistic names that are not necessarily dreams that I've thrown out there uh, earlier this week. Uh, Marcus Arroyo, who's former Oregon OC, former UNLV coach. He uh, head coach at UNLV. He worked with Mario Cristobal before at Oregon. So the history and the rapport is there. Uh, you know, perhaps Miami could make another run at Jason Candle, who's the Toledo head coach. They tried to hire him last year as the offensive coordinator, but he decided to stay at Toledo instead. Maybe they make another run at him. Got this question from All About The You. He says, uh, this is a great question. How much control do you think Mario's input has over the offense and or how will that affect Effect if they decide on bringing in a new offensive coordinator. So as I've been told by dozens, if not hundreds of Oregon fans who love to show up in my comments and my mentions because the Oregon fans are obsessed with crystal ball. As I've been told hundreds of times by Oregon fans, Mario, uh, this is their word, likes to micromanage his offense. Like he likes to have his fingerprints over everything that he's up to this point. He's not been the type to bring in an offensive coordinator and say, this is your show, run it the way you want it to. That he specifically, you know, likes to likes to run power, smash mouth football, power spread, I think is what he wants to run. So, yeah, listen, uh, you know, to you can't expect him just to hire an air raid guy and say, hey, just, you know, revolutionize this offense however you want it. Uh, I think that his input on what type of offense he wants to run and how much control he wants to have over it is definitely going to have something to do with what type of OC candidates they look for. And again, that's if the offensive coordinator job comes open, because it is not open at this time. But that is an excellent, excellent question. Oh, man, uh, we're getting some good questions here on Jaden Rashada and how it's going to affect NIL moving forward and transfer portal targets, recruiting targets for Miami. We got a lot going on. And guys, I wonder if... What happened with Rashada and the Gator Collective could end up, and hopefully in a good way, changing the face of name, image, and likeness as we know it. Keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. Folks, I hope you're keeping it locked every day to betonline.net. I'm on the site every single day because it's your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season, basketball, hockey. We've got it all at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. And guys, I'm on BetOnline every single day because it's going to arm me with the information, the analytics, and the trends I need to beat the books. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. We are part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, we get this question from, uh, let me see, James in the Pines. James in the Pines says, will the Jaden Rashada situation in Florida 
lead to the NCAA cracking down on NIL violations. Um, okay, so first thing I'll say is I can tell you pretty confidently that if if this fiasco, if this was happening at Miami with John Ruiz, the NCAA would have already cracked down by now. They would have sent like the SWAT team down to Coral Gables to invent. Like, you know, if it was Miami, they'd be all over this. Uh, and, and that comes despite the fact that John Ruiz, he's been like a model citizen with NIL. And I know we're going to get all the Gator trolls like, how can you say that? That guy's terrible. Like, he's not, though. Like, John Ruiz has a perfect track record of honoring agreements. He does everything the right way and by the book. He just does it loudly. Like, John Ruiz just does it loudly, and that's why he gets under so much scrutiny. But he's got a perfect track record to this point on honoring agreements and actually doing it the right way. So this guy comes under scrutiny, I believe, for no good reason, Okay. But, you know, to answer your question, because I got on a, a side note to give John Ruiz some props, uh, to answer your question, yes, the NCAA, absolutely, they need to, and, and the authorities might need to look into this as well, right? Like not just like the NCAA, somebody needs to look into the fact that the collective in Gainesville allegedly enticed a recruit with a $13 million offer that they could not honor. Like, how shady is that? And as a result of that, which makes me feel really bad, and I've already, I, I basically apologized because when the Rashada backing out of his Florida agreement story first came out, before I had all the details, I feel terrible about criticizing Rashada and his father when, when, when the details about the offer getting torn up came into play here. Uh, I don't blame Rashada for this, okay? Rashada's been made out by the media to look greedy, when I can't blame him one bit because if someone is offering you a $13 million contract, like that's family changing money, life changing money. I can understand why that would entice you. And then they end up backing out of it. I don't blame him for wanting to back out of his national letter of intent. Okay. So yes, the NCAA, I believe, uh, and this is so tough guys, because you know, they're, they can only do so, so much power wise. Okay. They need to make sure they do everything in their power to punish those collectives or companies who do not honor contracts. Now there may be lawsuits that result from this. So, you know, uh, that, that collective may end up, you know, getting punished one way or the other. Um, also, uh, I think the NCAA needs to find if it's even possible, a better way to enforce the idea that NIL deals should not be used as recruiting tools. Players should not be promised specific dollar figures until they're already on campus somewhere. That's tough to enforce, but they need to find a way. And as a side note on Jaden Rashada, uh, people are now considering Washington to be among the favorites for him. That could be a good landing spot. It's closer to home. It's on the West Coast. He's from Northern California. They need a quarterback. Uh, I still I, I wonder if Colorado could be in play for him as well. Uh, Miami, probably not, but I don't rule anything out. We will see what what happens there. Uh, Troy Patton asks, besides Cormani McLean, are we still looking at any other high school prospects for this class? Because we still need, uh, he says, offensive line, wide receiver, quarterback, running back, safety, cornerback, uh, anything new on Singletary, he says. Okay, so from, from where uh, I sit, as far as high school recruiting before National Signing Day in February, 
it seems very quiet from where I sit. Um, it's probably going to get louder towards the end of January because it just always works that way. Um, I can almost guarantee you that Miami is going to get someone unexpected in terms of a late signee or a flip from somewhere else. Like Trevante Citizen last year, from what I remember, very much caught me by surprise last year, okay? Um, you know, I know Miami would love, because one player who's unsigned and uncommitted who's still sitting out there, I would love, Miami would love to land Nicholas Harbor, the five-star athlete, the track star. I don't see it happening at this point. Uh, I think Miami is on the outside looking in. I don't think Harbor is going to be a cane, unfortunately. Uh, he also asked about Jaheim Singletary, the transfer cornerback from Georgia. The feedback is not good the last couple of days, folks. Everyone that I talked to uh, from journalists, other journalists, uh, recruiting experts, they're all saying it's not looking good for Miami. I don't expect Miami to land him. Um, so there is that, unfortunately. Uh, we get a question from Paul Erickson. He says, do we pull any more transfers before the final day to enroll this spring? If so, what position group is most critical? <laughs> okay, so as far as enrolling, uh, the deadline for ad drops, which is the last chance to enroll for spring classes, I think it's, it's next week. It's either early or mid next week at the University of Miami. Uh, I do think Mario wants more help, and you've got a handful more days here to try to get someone who can enroll in spring. Remember, you can still be in play for players who can enroll in the summer. Like Gary Bryant Jr., the uh, the wide receiver from USC, he's not planning to enroll anywhere until the summer anyway. So there's going to be players in that conversation. As far as getting players in the spring, uh, I do believe Miami is still recruiting defensive tackles and defensive backs, as evidenced by Singletary. Um, I would say outside receiver is probably still the most critical at this point. Uh, I hear mixed vibes on how good a shot Miami has with Tyler Harrell from Alabama, who is a South Florida kid from Miami Columbus. Uh, I, I would love to land him. He's got a lot of speed and, and explosiveness. And yeah, I think uh, at this point, Miami would love to have a vet at a veteran quarterback as well. Jake Garcia is out. He's in the transfer portal. I think we could probably get through spring fine without another quarterback because you can go through spring football I think with with no problem uh with Van Dyke Jakari Brown Emery Williams because he is enrolling early I'm not even positive if uh Peyton Matoka does anyone know if Peyton Matoka is still on the team because I'm he might be graduating this May so I don't know if he's going to be taking part in football next year Miami's walk-on quarterback who's been around forever I'm not even sure if he's still on the team or not, but he, he's not a scholarship guy anyway. I think you could make it through spring with three scholarship guys, no problem. So maybe you do get a veteran quarterback at some point before fall camp, all right? Uh, and yeah, on quarterbacks, everyone keeps reminding me that Spencer Sanders from Oklahoma State, he's in the transfer portal. He's a multi-year starter at OK State. I like Spencer Sanders, don't get me wrong. I just wonder for him if he would want to come here knowing that Tyler Van Dyke is probably the guy here uh, because maybe you've noticed this around the country. There's a growing trend that players don't want to compete anywhere. So, and I don't know Spencer Sanders personally, I don't know what kind of uh, situation he's looking for, but I feel like most of like the multi-year starters who are in the transfer portal, who have been in the transfer portal, they're looking for some place where they're basically a sure starter, not, competing for a job or competing for a backup job. So I don't know. I don't know if he's going to look favorably on Miami for that reason. 
Uh, we do have a question I want to get to on Tyler Van Dyke's injury status. Um, ooh, this is a great question I want to answer. Which of Miami's players projects, in my opinion, to be the highest NFL draft pick? We will get to that and much more here on Locked on Canes. Guys, if you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories, you've got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays. I know my goal has always been to be healthy. That's been my goal for the last year and a half, and I'm continuing that. If you're like me, you want to eat healthier, but you don't want to compromise taste. I've got, I've got just the right thing for you. You've got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious, you're not going to think they're good for you. They're perfect for your New Year's resolution. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters... They're all covered in 100% real chocolate, and they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. Only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been telling you about ordering Built at built.com you can still do that with our code locked on 15 for 15 percent off but now you can also get them at your local walmart or sam's club that's right head to your nearest walmart today walk into the pharmacy section grab yourself a box or if you're close to a sam's club run in and grab a 13 bar box with hit flavors like brownie batter and churro you can thank me later and guys a hot tip try the new granola bars <laughs> I just tried the new built granola bars this past week for the first time. I tried the, the peanut butter chocolate flavor. These are my new favorites, guys. Uh, you know, I love the puffs. I love the bars. The granola bars are incredible. If you haven't tried them yet, check them out. I love me some built bars. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. Hey, make sure for your second listen, you check out the newest show on the Locked on College Network, Locked on College Basketball. Isaac Shade and Andy Patton, they have you covered with all the big stories around college hoops, big name guests, players, coaches, analysts, all that good stuff. Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's see. Uh, oh, I love this question from Brent Peterson. He asks, which player currently on Miami's roster do you feel most confident in being a high NFL draft pick? Uh, my answer is easy. Cam Kinchins. Cam Kinchins, he should end up being a first-round draft pick. You know, I'm sure that they'll try maybe to use like his size against him, but Cam Kinchins, to me, he is the total package. He's proving it on the field. Uh, so that's the answer I'm most confident in because there are a lot of guys with like early-round potential, right? Uh, Leonard Taylor. Leonard Taylor has all the tools to be a first-round pick. He just needs to put it all together this year, and I hope he does, and I expect he will. Uh, and then there's like a bunch of a bunch of the true freshmen coming in. I think have first, second round potential, okay? Samson, Okunlola, and Francis Maui Goa on the offensive line. These guys should end up being first round picks. Um, I'm going to say Jaden Wayne on the defensive line because Jaden Wayne, he has like, he's basically the perfect compromise between Ruben Bain, who I think is the most polished and probably best out of the incoming defensive ends, but he's a little bit undersized by NFL standards. Then you've got Collins Achiampong, who's got dream NFL size, but he's not polished. Jaden Wayne is like the perfect marriage between the two. He's got NFL first round type of size, and he's got polish more similar to what Ruben Bain has. 
So I, I could see Jaden Wayne as being a pretty safe pick to being an early round draft pick when he comes out. Um, I'm also going to throw a shout out like, you know, running backs don't always get taken in the first round, but I could throw shout outs for Mark Fletcher and for Trevante Citizen. But again, this is purely based on potential because neither of them have done anything on a college field. I'm just going by attributes, skill sets, size, speed, power. I think Trevante Citizen and Mark Fletcher, if they end up developing the way that I hope they can, I think those guys could get could end up being taken, a, you know, about as high as, a, you know, sometimes running backs don't even get taken in the first round. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. But those are the names that I'm going to I'm going to give to you. Um we get a question from Bert. Bert says, hey, we know that NIL contracts are not pay for play, but if a player is unable to earn a starting position or significant playing time, could his contract amount be reduced or even canceled due to their reduced name, image, and likeness value? Uh, if you were to cancel someone's deal for that, that is the absolute uh, strictest of violations. You cannot do that. That's been made clear to me. Uh, over and over again that you cannot you cannot adjust or cancel someone's nil deal you have to pay out the terms of the contract now um i'm sure that there are some contracts that are multi-year which again cannot be tampered with you're locked in if you do give someone like a year by year contract you pay out the contract for the year that you promised, and then you maybe negotiate a different, and I know I'm speaking out of turn here because I'm not an NIL expert, but this is my best understanding of it. Uh, you absolutely cannot reduce, adapt, or cancel a contract. Um, but if you do go year by year, I would imagine you renegotiate every year, you know, based on uh, what you feel that player's name, image, and likeness value is. But some years are multi-year and you, you cannot do that. So that is, that is my best answer to that question. Get a question from Fornia, who asks, hey, what's the status of Tyler Van Dyke's shoulder, and when is the spring game? Um, I do not know the status of Van Dyke's shoulder. I imagine since he, he was basically like day-to-day -day for the last four or five weeks of the season, um, I, I would think that the time off he's already had over the last you know month and a half um, coupled with, you know, we still got a, a little ways here till spring practice is going to start. We have, a, what, over a month until, or two months, I think, until that happens. Um, I, I, I'm not too worried about Van Dyke's shoulder, but I don't know. I haven't been given any updates on that. As far as when the spring game is going to be, uh, I might be wrong, but they usually don't release the official dates this early. The spring game last year was April 16th, so it's going to be a similar date to that. So we're looking mid to late April is when Miami's spring game is going to take place, okay? Let's see. Got a question from Nick asks, would you be happy with a 7-5 and five season next year and then throw in a bull win to get us to 8-5? and five? Uh, you, come on, you guys know my rule. I'm not giving any record predictions for next year. Uh, I will entertain the question, though. Um would I be happy with seven and five next year, eight and five of the bowl? Um, that honestly, it depends on it depends on how they get there, right? Like I could be happy with that if the losses are competitive and the freshmen and sophomores are showing great strides, i.e., the guys that Cristobal recruited. If we're seeing progress from them, because hey, if you lose a handful of games because you've got a lot of young starters who are having growing pains, I can live with that. 
But, you know, if you go seven and five with mostly upperclassmen playing and you get blown out in a handful of games like you did last year, then honestly, you could give me the same exact record, but two different scenarios. And one of those scenarios I feel pretty good about and the other scenario I feel terrible about. Okay, Uh, before we wrap up this episode, uh, I wanted to send some thank yous and some shout outs to people who have left us five star reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify you guys rock, and I don't ask for for too much, um, but if you do have the time, and obviously it's completely free, not only is the show free, but it's free to leave us a five-star rating and a five-star review. If you do have the time on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever audio platform you listen to, to leave us a five-star rating or even a five-star review, it really goes a long way, and I would thank you for that. Uh, so we've gotten some recent five-star reviews. Thank you to Dolphins47. C Busso 66, uh, a user named Help Tool. Thank you for the five star review. Wheels 1317. Thank you. J7467. Thank you. Eric Solumita. Thank you so much. VLKV. Thank you. Dat Dude. Thank you. Cuddy Bag and Coach 2010. Thank you guys so much for leaving us recent uh, five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And again, if you guys are able to take a few seconds out of your day and do that, help support the show by leaving us a five-star rating. It would mean the world to us. We appreciate you guys. Uh, We're going to have an episode, a new episode tomorrow with Brian Smith from Fan Nation and All Hurricanes. He's going to help us break down some Miami prospects. And I also, I want to pick Brian's brain a little bit more on Matt Lee the incoming center, uh, the transfer from UCF, because Ja'Kai Clark is gone. Ja'Kai Clark is hitting the transfer portal, so there's not going to be a competition there. It looks like it's Matt Lee's job to lose at center. So we'll talk to you guys tomorrow on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.